Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Meerkat Musings podcast. I'm your host, Ben, aka Darth Timon, and today we are diving into Formula One. We're diving into the first race of the season, which completed at the weekend in uh, Bahrain, and we're going to be thinking a little bit and talking a little bit about some of the events of that race. Now, I am by no means an expert in Formula One. There's plenty of things I don't know and don't understand. This is strictly a personal recap and personal set of opinions on the race. So, you know, don't take this to be an exhaustive professional analysis. It's not. It's just an F1 fan throwing his opinions and his thoughts on the race out there uh, and what the ramifications of the race might be. First of all, there will be some spoilers, by the way, for the race. If you haven't seen it, then you're probably better off not carrying on with this podcast. If you have seen it, then obviously you will know the, the outcome. Spoilers from this point forward. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. So... Race winner was Charles Leclerc. He, of course, races for Ferrari. And in second place was his Ferrari teammate, Carlos Sainz. So for Ferrari, a really, really good race, a really good result. The best possible result and race weekend they could have had. Uh, Leclerc got pole, Sainz qualified second. Actually, no, he didn't. Sorry, tell a lie. Uh, I don't think he did qualify second, did he? Uh, He qualified third. Sorry, my bad. There you go. That's why I say it's not a professional analysis, because uh, I misremembered something there. Not that professionals don't make mistakes, of course. Anyway, so it was nonetheless great in many ways. Pole for Ferrari. Leclerc led every lap. He got the fastest lap of the race as well. And he won the race. So he kind of completed the Grand Slam, if you like, uh, as far as the Bahrain Grand Prix was concerned. And I can't remember the last time that Ferrari dominated a race like that. It's been many, many years really the last time that ferrari until that point had won a race was in 2019 at singapore so this was a a monumental shift in performance from ferrari in second place in the race was carlos Sainz, uh, as i say for the other ferrari so great result for ferrari overall one two finish maximum points taken and in the end, a very satisfying race for them by any stretch of the imagination. It probably should have been Leclerc first and then Max Verstappen second in his Red Bull. But Red Bull, Red Bull ended up having some serious technical problems late on, which actually ruined not only Verstappen's race, but also uh, Sergio Perez's race as well. Both Red Bull cars retired both due to some kind of technical issue. I'm not exactly sure why. At first, I thought it was something perhaps to do with with the fuel, uh, maybe affecting the engine somehow. I'm not sure about that. But it wasn't great from their point of view. These Red Bull power units, which are kind of designed by Honda in this complicated relationship they've got going on, uh, have been, in recent seasons, very reliable. But... Something happened in Bahrain that maybe was unexpected. It didn't manifest itself in testing. And it left, as I say, both Red Bulls retiring. And perhaps quite roaringly as well. 
Uh, Pierre Gasly's Alfa Tauri, which is also powered by the same power unit, but he also retired due to some kind of technical mishap, which may not have been engine-related, to be fair. But nonetheless, three out of the four Honda-powered cars in the race retired. So there are concerns there for Red Bull that they need to look at in, in a fair degree of detail. Reliability can sometimes be a very big factor in a, in a title challenge, and the lack of it might ruin the second season before it even begins. So you know, his title defence has got off to the worst possible start. The, the potentially chief rival that he's got this season in the form of Leclerc has taken maximum points. It's not insurmountable by any means. If you if if Verstappen wins the next four races, then even if Leclerc finishes second in every race, Verstappen will then be sort of more or less level uh, with with Charles. It might be even that he's slightly ahead if he wins every single race. So you know, there's it's not as I say an insurmountable goal by any means, and it's a long season. There are going to be twenty three races this season, so. There's plenty of scope for Verstappen to close that gap and to take the lead in the championship again. The issue he's going to face is, if Ferrari continue to be as quick as they are, that won't be as straightforward as he'd like it to be. What you need to understand is, for, for the most part, apart from one moment during the race, Ferrari had the pace. They were head-on sort of raw performance. Okay, there were circumstances where Red Bull was quicker, uh, particularly uh, in a straight line, which in recent years would be unfathomable for, for a Honda-powered car. But the Red Bull car is very well designed, and it was, at some circumstances in the race, faster. But overall, lap by lap, Leclerc was edging away. He was controlling the race. At one point, Verstappen started to have some steering issues. Maybe that was the, the sort of ominous dawning of the feather problems down the road. But overall, even prior to that, Leclerc had the pace. He was a bit quicker lap by lap than Verstappen. Now, not all of that's down to the car. Some of that will perhaps also be down to, to how the respective drivers manage their race. At one point, Verstappen found himself, after the first round of pit stops, right on Leclerc's tail. He actually, having fallen back to about sort of roughly three seconds behind, he was suddenly in DRS range. Some savvy driving by Leclerc to, to hold off uh, for the second DRS zone meant that he was able to retake the lead into turn four, having lost it into turn one. And this kind of played out over the course of two or three laps until Verstappen locked up and, and hurt his tyres. And that was something where I think Verstappen ended up being a bit frustrated. He was told by his team not to push after his second stop, not to push on his outlap. Uh, and consequently, he was still uh, just over a second or so behind, I think, uh, Leclerc at the end of the second stops. And he was somewhat disgruntled by this. He he wanted to have been able to push, but uh, I think there were concerns as to how the car was handling the tyres, or maybe concerns as to how Verstappen was handling his tyres. And in the end, he couldn't. He couldn't close the gap. He couldn't gain the uh, the advantage that he wanted. But even if he had, as I say, Leclerc looked like he had the pace, and I'm not convinced that Verstappen would have stayed ahead if he'd gotten ahead. 
for a sort of any lengthy period of time. Credit has to go to the Claire for how he raced. Anyway, in the wake of the double retirement for the Red Bulls, Mercedes found themselves promoted to third and fourth. And really, the, the result masked what was for them a, a very clear indicator that for the first time in many years, they are well off the pace. Uh, at one point, Hamilton and uh, his new teammate George Russell were almost half a minute behind Charles Leclerc out in front and um, sort of many, many seconds off the pace of, of, uh, sort of third and fourth as well. Which, as I say, for Mercedes, who are so used to commanding races from the front, this was kind of unimaginable territory, really, for them. They have tried to radically redesign their car heading into 2022. They have come up with one of the most extreme designs of an F1 car that I think any of us have seen for a while. They've more or less tried to remove the side pods from the car completely in a design which personally I actually think is rather ugly looking in comparison to the other cards on the grid. And okay, you know, Formula One is about innovation, about about ideas and, and exploring possibilities. But I think they've tried to be too clever here. And the consequence is that for, certainly for this race, and probably for the next few races, they are going to be well off the pace of the front runners. Now, Mercedes have a lot of experience, and they do believe that they understand what the issue with the car is, and they believe they can fix it. With that being the case, it, it means that there is the distinct possibility that they can close the gap. But, they need to do it sooner rather than later. A third for Hamilton in the first race is better than he could have hoped for. Fifth was more realistic until the retirement. But ultimately, fifth and sixth is where Mercedes are. It's where they look likely to live as the next few races, unless they can come up with a quick answer to their, to their troubles. If they can get things sorted out within three or four races and get back into a position where they can sort of challenge at the front, uh, and then they'll be in, in a great place and they'll be able to sort of kick on from there. And we could have a fascinating three-team battle going on. But if their problems linger, if they, don't, if they don't sort out these issues until, say, race seven or eight, then they might have lost too much ground to catch up again. So there's some fasc fascinating permutations going on here. And realistically speaking, Ferrari and Red Bull really need to sort of seize this opportunity to, to put some distance between them and Mercedes. Because once Mercedes do get going, then they've got the potential to be right up there again. But who knows? It could be that Mercedes don't fix this issue. It might be that they're always a little bit off the pace throughout the course of the season. And of course, Ferrari and Red Bull will not remain static. They're going to be looking to upgrade their cars over the course of the season. And with these new designs, there are many possibilities for how they might do that. Speaking of the new designs, there was certainly some evidence that the cars can follow each other more closely. DRS remains an important factor in overtaking. However... However, we did see some closer action on track than we perhaps have seen over the last few years. And no doubt with, with further 
revisions and adaptations and changes to these rules, we could end up in a situation in the not-so-distant future where we don't need DRS anymore. For now, we do. But I think with the right tweaks and modifications, as I say, we might not need it in a couple of years' time uh, because the cars will be capable of, of getting past each other through conventional driving. And it was nice to see as well quite a few different designs on the grid. Sometimes F1 rules can push teams into producing more or less the same looking car. And the differences lie largely in kind of the sort of small details and the stuff you can't really spot with the eyes. But here, every team has done something a little bit different. And we have a nice variety of designs on the grid with these new designs. And speaking of new designs again, one team which has put a lot of effort into this is Haas. They had a dismal season in 2021. They pretty much admitted from the start they weren't going to develop their 2021 car. They were focusing on 2022. And it has paid off massively. They were set for seventh place with the returning Kevin Magnussen. And then Magnussen ended up in fifth as a result of the Red Bull retirements. Mick Schumacher narrowly missed out on a point himself. He finished uh, in 11th place. And, you know, the indicators of that Haas are, are back, that they can now score points and perhaps score points on a regular basis. And another team that did well, another team actually which did really well and had a double points finish, was Alfa Romeo. Bottas wound up in 6th. And uh, newcomer Zhao, on his debut his 10th. So points for, for Haas, points for Alfa Romeo, two teams that really struggled last season uh, have suddenly found themselves in a much healthier place. Uh, there was also a double points finish for Alpine, uh, albeit again that was kind of owed perhaps to the retirements in some ways, and uh, Yuki Tsunoda picked up a point for Alfa Tauri, uh, a couple of points for Alfa Tauri. So a, a mixture of teams scoring points, and a number of teams have started the season in a very positive way. And a few teams have started the season well off the pace and very, very far away from where they want to be. Aston Martin won't be particularly pleased with how their uh, season has begun. They were speaking in terms uh, before the season of not challenging for the title this season by any means, but they have a feeling that over the next few years they should be able to compete for titles. Well, they've made a backward step here. Uh, they were well down the order, well off the pace, and so were Williams once again, who haven't moved forward. They've more or less remained static with their own form. And finally, uh, the team with perhaps the biggest drop in performance has been McLaren. They had a pretty good season last season, but this season, they were well, well off the pace, right down the back of the grid, and um, sort of scrappling around with the Williams and the Aston Martins, which is not where McLaren of all teams want to be. After what they managed to do last season, this has been a disastrous start. They could well be able to fix their issues. I think they had some brake issues, which greatly hampered them. But... You know, they too, like in some respects, uh, you know, Mercedes back up towards the front, they need to address their issues sooner rather than later. Because if it goes on too long, then 
they're going to find themselves really struggling to make up ground in the Constructors' Championship. So there have been some fascinating, fascinating sort of permutations. Red Bull could have some reliability issues to face. It could be a one-off. Or it could be something more serious. Ferrari look very, very quick. Mercedes have work to do. Uh, McLaren have work to do. Haas, congratulations for them on what they achieved. And the same for Alfa Romeo. Two teams that were right at the back last season have demonstrated, in one race at least, that they now have some serious pace in their cars. There's a long way to go, but this is the sort of start that they sorely, sorely needed. And for Haas in particular, after a disrupted uh, sort of pre-season with the whole issue around sponsors and, and of course, Nikita Mazpin, they've, they've bounced back in the best possible way. It was a real statement from them and it's going to be fascinating to see where they can go from here what they can do can they can they shove on and get more points well we haven't got long to the next race the next race is at uh, this coming weekend in Saudi Arabia and Haas will have an opportunity to, to see whether this was a flash in the pan Red Bull will be hoping that their reliability gremlins are banished and, of course, Ferrari will be hoping to continue their form on uh, this very fast track that we're heading up to. It's all to play for. Nothing is ever decided by the first race. And I look forward to seeing what we have on offer as we go forward. <laughs>